after a dynamic event in Denver, Insights Marketing Day is back and headed across the pond. Insights Marketing Day London is a one-day event packed full of industry-leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing. From social to web, blogging to podcasting, we'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture with strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level micro actions so you leave informed and inspired, ready to change your marketing actions. Insights Marketing Day London will be in the heart of London on January 30th. You don't want to miss this event. Visit insights-marketing.org and use code PERCH, that's P-E-R-C-H, at checkout for 20% off your ticket price. See you there. in for a treat on Ponderings from the Perch today. I have one of my great friends from across the pond, a terrific colleague, and more than anything, everybody kind of laughs a little bit at me being called the mama bird, but this morning I have with you Colonel Mustard. So welcome Lucy Davidson to the show. Thank you very much, mama bird. <laughs> I love this here. We're two marketing firms, and uh, then we have this this voice and this brand and this look and this feel, and we stick with it. <laughs> yeah. love it. You have to live the brand. You do have to live the brand. And I love, I'll just point out something really great, uh, two things that I really love about how you guys live the brand. When we were doing Insights Marketing Day uh, stateside in in Denver in 2019, one of your gifts was actually a jar of mustard. And, okay, let me also just say, P.S., it was the best tasting mustard I've ever had. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And you must realize, of course, that mustard is, of course, the color of the season. So I'm wearing a lot of mustard these days. Okay. (laughs) So you can always spot me in a crowd. I also loved your holiday card with all the different mustards from all over the world. And the message inside was condiments of the season. I laughed so hard. I was like, (laughs) I love it. I love it. So thank you. Thank you for brightening our world with terrific branding. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell people a little bit about you in case they have not heard of you. Lord knows, you know, being uh, on the council for SMR and speaking constantly at industry events, they probably have seen you probably from a distance. But Lucy Davidson is a strategy and communication expert with over three decades of experience in B2B marketing. And this is where we really connect on a lot of B2B conversations. And she actually found Kina's Mustard back in 2006, and they're a specialist marketing agency providing marketing support into the research and insights and data community. So this is where we, our paths constantly cross, and I love working with your team. You know, the experience that you have just working globally is actually really astounding, having worked in over 55 countries. And then I love the fact, too, that as, uh, you know, from the top, your view from, from the experience that you've had, you're a prolific writer. And I've seen your stuff in the Financial Times and the Independent, Marketing, Marketing Week, Retail Week, and on and on. So it really is a pleasure to have you on the show. And I hope people really understand the breadth from which you can speak when we have this conversation today. So, Lucy, I'm so happy to finally have you on my podcast. Well, thank you very much. So let's dig into B2B. This is, this is your world. This is my world. Um, so what? how different is it to really hone in and create and craft, you know, beautiful and meaningful and effective messages for B2B companies as opposed to B2C? What, what's the difference here, Lucy? Um, 
I think there's a lot less difference than people always think. Uh, I think there's no evidence whatsoever that people in B2B make any rational decisions. Uh, I think we assume, well, have you got any? I'd love to see no, some. No, this is so funny. You know, we this we harp on this. This comes back constantly on this podcast, this this hilariousness about how somehow consumers out there, quote, unquote, as we'll you know, get into, quote, unquote, consumers make their decisions emotionally. And somehow, you know, B2B, you know, buyers are making it logically. It's such a farce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact is, obviously, how you reach out to people and create that emotional engagement is different. Different, but the actual point behind it all is that people, you know, are no more rational when they're at work than when they're buying a bar of candy. And you need to ensure that you have a really strong brand. And I don't agree that a B2B brand shouldn't be about creating emotional engagement. And uh, I think that assuming that people are making rational decisions puts you down a really poor line when you're doing B2B marketing. Mm, so a lot of the stuff that. that we see is people churning out kind of um, sort of direct sales type messages, assuming that, you know, if they just explain how great their product is, then somebody's going to go, great, oh, well, that's obvious, I need to buy it. And that's absolutely not how it works. <laughs> yeah, so in my view, um, actually, the initial start point is the same and that we're all people. So it's just thinking about people in different contexts and environments. Um Obviously, there are ways of reaching people in a B2B context, uh, and the sales cycle is much, much longer, and it is all about those relationships. Um, so it's got to be about supporting and building that long-term relationship rather than necessarily going in with your kind of, you know, buy one, get one free, um, <laughs> knee-jerk type of, uh, you know, offer that you do on a B2C, on a B2C front. So. Right. Buy one $350,000 market research. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get one free. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. And to that point, you know, yeah, people are consumers and are in their personal lives. They walk into the office. You know, it's not like something changes here. We might shift our perspective or maybe uh, there might be more people involved in the decision about what we buy. That's very possible. Um, but yeah, tell me about crafting that messaging, because that's really what Keenest Mustard does very well. Um, you know, one of our differences in how we approach things, and I think this is a little bit more a cultural difference, Keenest Mustard over on the other side of the pond, they, you, uh, it's, this is my outside view, is that you guys create the message, build the brand, do the marketing, but that you guys have an interesting, very connected tie to PR. Yeah. And we don't do that that on this side. So that's really not my area of expertise. So speak to that a little bit, yeah. how you go about crafting that and how you do link PR yeah. with that marketing message. Well, I mean, when you say PR, I mean, I say thought leadership. So really what we're about is, and 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 that is the key difference, I think, although I think there's a space, there's space for thought leadership in B2C a lot of the time too. But I think in B2B, the key difference is in generating uh, thought leadership. And obviously in that context what we do is we look at a company we look at the brand we look at the um you know the brand the values the personality the positioning we, we you know we articulate all of that and then we understand how to build messages around that so that when we're developing thought leadership ideas we're doing it to support the brand and that we're coming up with something that's distinct 
Um, and I don't think it's necessarily possible to be completely unique, but what you can be is playing on your brand personality and on your brand values. You can be very distinct and different in the way you approach things. So the ideas that we come up with are tied into that. Well, you say, you say, okay, tied into that. Back up. Just let me unpack a little bit because you mm. just gave out a gym. You build it on personality and values. Talk, yep. talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. Every organization should have certain things underpinning it which are articulated and communicated internally Um, and in order to be able to function successfully and to drive growth you really need to have a good understanding and have communicated a good understanding of what you're where you're going and why you're there and and how you're going to get there where you're going is really kind of what people call a vision quite often Uh, that should be articulated as a long-term organizational aim. Uh, How you're going to get there is really kind of your mission. It's kind of of what you do. So, you know, therefore, in order to achieve that vision, we're going to be doing this. And then the values are really the way you behave and what you do. So um, we use those three things. And we also use looking at uh, an organization's personality uh, to try and build from those different things. Try and, you know, sometimes they're not very different. And so we have to work with a company to say, okay, so what can we say about you? What is it that's, you know, what is your secret sauce? What is the thing behind you? Hey, mustard. Um, I know. <laughs> that's what uh, I was thinking. <laughs> hence for why mustard. Yeah, that's exactly why we're called mustard. Um, because, you know, the idea being that we're going to bring out your flavor uh, and we're going to really kind of drill into what you really are as an organization and uh, ensure that, that, you know, what we come up with is, is, is true to you uh, and as different as possible. So um, does that explain, does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, always having heard the name Keen as Mustard, it always, um, you know, you know that Keen is not a word that we use a lot in the English language. But for me, it also means that, that sharpness. Yeah, like it's honey. It's not kind of well. We're kind of this. We're kind of that. No, you know. Let's get this as keen as mustard. Like yeah. it's very specific. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not anything like ketchup. It's not anything like mayonnaise. It's not anything like garlic. <laughs> Please quit asking me to put on your website what year your company started. It's like it's so irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need we need the messaging. You know, to be so sharp. Um, and and we need to hone in on those values because you you mentioned that values are the sum total of the way you behave. But I also like to remember that the values are the sum total of the way that you behave as a company when things don't go right. (laughs) Because, you know, you can behave just fine when everything's going, you know, terrific. But when, you know, you are faced with a dilemma, you have to pull back and look at those values. Now, wait a minute, what did we say? How were we going to behave? And even in the face of adversity, we are going to do that. And that's the sharpness to me. You help yeah, you help yeah. companies really come down to you know not only articulate what their values are, but understand that they are something that need to be razor sharp. It's a behavior. It's a behavior. Yeah. So it means you know what to do, yeah. um, and it makes it very. It's quite difficult. It's a very difficult process because quite often people, you know, I, I've run workshops where. You know, the board has said, oh, oh, one of our core values has to be that the client comes first. And no, it's really, really important that the client is number one and you know, everything is focused on delivering for the client. So I'm like, OK, so we went, that could be one. Yes, we'll discuss that. And then, you know, an hour later into the conversation, they go, oh, oh, it's really important that our people come first. I mean, without our people, you know, we're nothing. So then I'm like, well, which is it? Yeah. You know, is it the client or is it the people? 
And people don't like making that choice. They do mm-hmm. not like making that choice. And it's super important to make that choice. Um, in my book, obviously, you always pick people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the evidence is and the research that's been done shows that the companies, that the, the, the successful firms uh, focus on values and, you know, corporate values and mission statements um, rather than only financial performance. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are a couple of studies that were done a few years ago now, but basically, um, you know, they linked corporate values and mission statements with financial performance. And they found that the most successful firms mentioned values other than profits and the least successful firms focused entirely on profitability. Interesting. So, you know, (laughs) it's just about, you know, this is your, you know, in my book, you know, this is your life. People don't want to go and just chase the dollar that's not right that's not satisfying that's not enjoyable and it comes across in your marketing if you're a company that's just chasing the dollar then you know it, you, you people could tell right. and so people want to build relationships they want to do good work they want to have a satisfying and interesting life mm-hmm. and you know if you are just chasing the dollar then you're not going to be able to do that well so, you guys are known for this this is one of your values because you guys take your time you do good work and you really align yourself with uh, organizations who allow you to do really good work. work. So let's yeah, talk a little to, bit about yeah. that. You know, you really are interested in the the really underpinning structural soundness of really good brand building. Yeah. Let's talk about that because you and I are both in a lot of the same worlds. Everybody wants to come to us and talk about how we're going to make more money and, you know, the, this, the sales activation and making ads and lead generating and everything else. But the other piece that people come to us is for brand building. And I, and I think that understanding the difference between the two is super important mm-hmm. and understanding which one you get done first is super important. So first talk with me a little bit about, you know, your commitment at Keenest Mustard to really solid brand building. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, we feel that I mean, it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time, but you do have to do you're in it for the long term mm-hmm. and you do have to do that. You have to have those things lined first um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, dumb is better than perfect, mm-hmm. as you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's just really important that you have given it thought and you've come up with something which is workable. Um, uh, now again, a lot of evidence shows that, uh, in B2C marketing that you should spend sort of 60% of your marketing budget should be allocated to brand building and just 40% to sales activation as in longer term, that will give you better results and more sales activation than if you switch it. Um, and I'm sure you'll agree with me that a lot of, um, people in insights and data tend to sort of certainly do it the other way around or if anything actually you know sometimes I wonder if we're not selling snake oil because <laughs> they're just you know it's all about the sell um right. and uh you know and it's all about focusing on that and it's much less about thinking about what are the brand things that we could be doing to activate the brand and when I say brand activation obviously I mean thought leadership within that and PR mm-hmm. but I also mean the broader you know things about a band like uh, you know, design you know experience um, you know, events, uh, you know, things like, you know, this podcast, you know, this yeah. is a, this is about brand building. It's not, you know, absolutely not. I'm expecting somebody to pick up the phone and ring me up and go, Oh, quick, let me, let me, let me buy a project. It just, mm-hmm. you know, that's not how it works. So, um, you know, it's super important. Uh, and I think at the moment people tend to emphasize and put their money and, you know, in the, 
sales activation side, which would be more around, you know, kind of dis- displays at trade shows and, you know, SEO and, and some of the telesales stuff and, you know, directory listings and, you know, things like that, which are all really important. But I feel that the, the, the skew is probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be interested to know your view on where you feel social media fits with them because I see social media as very much around brand building. Oh, I would totally agree with you, Lucy. Oh, good. <laughs> I really oh, would. Good. I think people are constantly trying to make it the sales activation yeah, piece. That's not and right. that's actually where they get tripped up, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, you can put some things out on social media that make it really easy for them to connect with you and find you because you have built the brand (laughs) through social media, but the sale isn't going to come, you know, unless you're selling a, you know, an $8 widget, you have to build the brand. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's all about the engagement. It's all about, you know, what you're saying and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and how, you know, how engaging and interesting and exciting that is for your, for your potential clients. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Hey, you listening to this podcast right now. Did you ever think, man, there's so many kick-ass market research podcasts. I wish there was some sort of an award for them so I could vote for my favorite. Well, you're in luck. In partnership with Greenbook, Little Bird Marketing is excited, well, actually ecstatic, to announce the first ever annual market research podcast award. Nominate your favorite Insights Industry podcast from now until February 15th. From February 16th until March 31st, vote for your favorite podcast in the Insights Industry and bestow upon them the title of MR Podcast of the Year. Don't forget, submissions are due for nomination by February 15th, and the winner will be announced on April 15th at Greenbook's IIEX North America in Austin, Texas. Visit littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Well, we have so many people listening to this podcast who are in marketing and who are in market research. So I just want to reiterate and kind of double back on something you just said there, you know, about, you know, for B2B, 60% should be brand building and 40% uh, sales activation. And what's interesting, and I think you probably get this too, is that people come to me and say, yeah, but Priscilla, you can get away with that because you're a whimsical brand and a fun brand and you have a lot of energy. And I'm like, yeah, that's called brand building. Yeah, and so I I totally see you guys. Oh, of course you can do a fun Christmas card because you can get away with that. No, that is brand building. Exactly. You don't have to do it the same way we do it, but you have to do it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, (laughs) we try to lead by example, but I think sometimes people think that yeah, it's all very well for us, but they can't possibly do that. Um, So yeah, no, it is a challenge, and I also feel that within insights, you know, I've been doing this really a long time. Sometimes you know you get this most amazing client where the CEO totally gets it and is 100% behind it and mm-hmm. you know absolutely values what you're trying to do and a lot of other times you get a very very junior marketing person who doesn't have the experience or necessarily kind of you know the gravitas to get the stuff out of the organization they might kind of get what you're saying mm-hmm. but most of the time they're being pushed very very hard to just deliver the growth and the sales um so, you know, it's not high enough up the agenda within mm-hmm. uh, within insights, and it's certainly not high enough up the sort of thought process for, mm-hmm. for the majority of boards. I would say one more thing, too, that's interesting about insights, and I think this is true across the board with very um, 
highly expertise industries like market research is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you could, there's, you know, you can go brain science over here or you can go, you know, maybe um, aerospace or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these ones where there's, where that requires a lot of technical understanding and has a lot of like a, a bench of really deep expertise, just smart mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just this, that side of like the smart people think somehow, you know, that they shouldn't be involved in the thought leadership or the brand building of the company, but actually they are the backbone. And I, I I get it. They have a job to do. But you do need a champion at the company to go and help source the really great deep thinking from those those experts in order to weave them into the brand building and then the marketing and sales activation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lot of what we do as part of our setup. And it's so important yeah. that we're actually meeting these people, interviewing them. And quite often they don't, they can write but they do it in a very academic way very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we would do is interview them uh, and we would write the pieces and you know write the white papers and write the presentations and you know do all that mm-hmm. because it helps to get the brand message across uh, and it really helps to build from that. So a lot of the work we do is 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 working with some super clever people who are really brilliant mm-hmm. um, and you know who we fully admire. And, right. and and hopefully vice versa, because we're bringing <laughs> something to them, you know, which is genuinely, you know, of significant value to them, um, yeah. as well as obviously the contacts and the network and everything else, which is mm-hmm. which is obviously really important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I like to apply the same thinking that I mean, there's a there's not much actually. I, I did try and do some research the other day, uh, longitudinal studies of. Uh, impact of brand building versus sales activation and there's none in the US which is really interesting so the one that I use has been done over the last 20 years by the IPA which is the Institute of Practitioners and Advertising here in the UK and it's by two guys uh, Burnett and Field I don't know if you've, you've seen it but it's it's mm-hmm. it's very very interesting they have looked at maximum effectiveness of marketing activity and the share of budget. And basically what they this is that they came up with this 60-40 split, talking about the difference between brand building and sales activation. And it's incredibly useful. And I I, I recommend people go and have a look at that. Um, and uh, I my philosophy is to apply that to B2B. Um, mm-hmm. whereas most of the time it's been applied to B2C. So, right. um, interesting. Yeah. so yeah, it, it's really, really, it is really, really interesting. And, it, and, you know, in my experience, when it's, when it's done and when it's done properly, it really works. Right, right. Well, give me that link and I'll add it to the show notes. I do think it's really interesting. I think hopefully it will spark more conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, for those of you who don't know, Insights Marketing Day is an event that has brought really Keenest Mustard and Little Bird Marketing closer together. We have shared stages all over the world uh, with different people from my team, different people from Lucy's team. um, And it has been super fun over the years getting to know each other. And um, I have to say, I, you know, I'm also guilty of a few really great dinners with Adam on your team. So yeah. <laughs> well, <I laughs> he and I are foodies. You. Hey, what's you, going on? <laughs> you need to join. You know, I'll, 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 well, let's let's have dinner in Amsterdam next oh, time. For sure, for sure. Um, I've got some good news. Yeah, but we're coming up here to be back in London. And, um, I, you know, I've always talked about how jealous I am of you all because you guys have the best food city in the world, in my personal opinion. <laughs> so we'll have a good time in oh. January. But for those who didn't know, Insights Marketing Day is a Green Book um, event that is put on specifically to help uh, the insights industry 
make sure that they know how to market themselves. And you and I agree, you know, uh, Lucy, because we built our entire business around it, that the insights and market research industry has really been notorious for not marketing themselves well. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so there's a lot of work out there to do. Um, and it is a great community. It is, in a lot of ways, a close-knit community. And so I think that we are able to come, you know, into that community and actually, you know, enlighten the field. You know, because I, the interesting thing to me is that market research is completely done for the sake of marketing. And yet then in their own companies, they abandon marketing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not completely done for the sake of marketing. I mean, a lot of the time, it you know, it sits in the strategy and, right. you know, communications and corporate strategy side. So it's, it's right. not entirely that. But, you know, a lot a lot of time, a lot of time it really, really is. And obviously yeah. there's social research that goes on, as you say. Um, however, it's astonishing how little people in market research or insights or data actually know and understand or even use marketing so mm-hmm. um yeah that's always the thing that surprises me and uh insights marketing day i mean it's been it's been it's been a really interesting journey because um i mean from probably six years ago when green book kicked it off um and i went over to new york and i thought my ship had come in because it was the you know this was an event and this was my this was my business. This is what I set my company up to do. And they created an event which was about precisely that. So I was over the moon. And I have to say, I think it's super helpful. And I've met lots of great people through it. And I know that Simon had a fab time over in Denver with you guys. Yeah. Um, and we try to get things from the uh, client perspective as well. So we've got a great client panel coming up in London. Uh, we've got Brand Foreman, Unilever. Uh, we've got some local authority, you know, a range of different types of clients uh, mm-hmm. coming along. And um, so there's a chance for the audience to actually interrogate clients and find out what they, you know, how they want to find out about new agencies or how they want to work with suppliers. And um, so that's really, really key. Um, but then we've also got a whole host of, you know, great people speaking around a range of, of of tools that you can use in marketing to try and kind of ensure that you do stand out and have an impact. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I know, it's going to be great. Well, here's the interesting thing is that, you know, now the partnership between Green Book and Keenan's Mustard and Little Bird and we've taken – the Insights Marketing Day over on the U.S. side, and then um, Keenas Mustard is taking it over in Europe. And so it will be on the 30th of January in 2020. Do not miss it. This is absolutely a must-attend event for marketing and sales professionals who are in the in- insights industry. And I do want to point out, you you, you just said it, but I, I really want to highlight it. You guys have worked hard to get a panel together mm. of the end client. And that's something we didn't have in Denver this mm. last year. Mm. And it's something that I think really adds because for, you know, for um, the insights professionals, you know, sometimes it feels like their proposals fall on deaf ears or they're trying Mm. to make sales, Mm. you know, activation toward these companies. And it is really key to hear from them about why they don't respond or what they would like to respond to or the realities of their life. And that is really a deeper part of understanding how can we really market you know, ourselves in a very noisy world. I think that's going to be really, really, I know that it was hard to put together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think I'm lucky because obviously at Mustard, we do also work for end clients too. So um, we do internal comms. 
for for several companies. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we are able to then draw on those relationships. Um, although Insights Marketing Day is entirely focused on suppliers and agencies and how best for them to to market themselves. So, um, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure even your work, your your hard work and volunteering on the council for SOMR helps a lot, too, because, you know, you're an authority on marketing in the market research world. And with that comes a lot of other connections. And so, you know, I I'm think it's probably a little bit easier for you to reach out and get that. Yeah. You've known these people for so long. They know to come to Insights Marketing Day that Keena Mustard is hosting yeah. and know to expect excellence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they'll certainly get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to put the the info in the show notes. So it is the 30th of January in London, and it is going to be just really power packed. It's a full day and uh, of just right to the next thing, right to the no no time wasting. It's gonna yeah, bring awesome your networking. <laughs> <laughs> bring put your phone down. Yeah, <laughs> right, it's, right. It's very full on, but it's great. We cram loads into one day, so it's it's awesome. really good value. Okay, well, it's going to be great. So, hey, let's wrap up just a little bit about Lucy. So we've talked about what you do at Keena's Mustard. We talked about Insights Marketing Day. But, you know, you guys also have done a lot to to support women in in research. Um, You actually, you know, support WIRE, Women in Research, along with uh, Kristen Luck, who's also on the SMR uh, Council. But you also uh, have other connections to supporting women in the market research industry in the UK. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, I, do, I mean, I've been doing, gosh, I mean, many years ago, I was a founder of something called Women in Marketing and Design, uh, which was an organization to try and, you know, ensure equality for women uh, in who work across the marketing and design industries. Uh, so I have been doing that. For quite some time um and uh so that's why i was super excited to support wire um and obviously i do a certain amount of mentoring yeah yeah it's just it's interesting because i do have a lot of people who listen who are really new in the insights industry there's okay. it's interesting there's people who are like oh how do i even get to know people and then i have you know you know really high level people listening and it's interesting because sometimes we make these assumptions about what are these other organizations that are really feeding in and helping people within the industry And I love to call out that, you know, here you've been working in this field for 30 years, but in the meantime, you've been working hard for, you know, um, you know, women in the industry, uh, the recognition, the pay, um, work environment, everything, everything there. And a lot of people don't know about these other, um, about these other, um, you know, groups and organizations, right? I like to really highlight that because there's always people behind these organizations that started them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, you kind of, you just, well, I think it's really important to do your best. I mean, I'm a mother of two daughters, so um, I am extremely focused on making sure that we can uh, make the world a better place for them mm-hmm. uh, uh, when they come to have their careers. And I'm extremely motivated by by that and always have been, to be honest, uh, even before I had my daughters. So. <laughs> Well, you talked a minute ago about some mentorship that you've done. So along those lines, share with us just maybe some great advice you got along the way and maybe some horrible advice that you, you know, maybe you should have discarded or did discard. Tell us a little bit about, you know, in that way, your career. Okay, that's really interesting because um, I have, I, I was very lucky in that my father 
was a very um, successful business person and uh, he gave me a lot of really good advice, uh, especially when I was starting out. But his background was as a uh, chartered accountant, which I don't know if the same terminology is used in the US, but he was running various businesses and various things. And when I went and got the job as global marketing director at Research International, he said something to me which was super helpful and which I never forgot, which was, as a marketing person, your best friend should be the finance director. And that is something that nobody has ever, nobody else had ever said to me and nobody, and I'd never really thought about. And it's so unbelievably true. If as a marketing person, you can ensure that you've convinced the finance director that what you're doing is the right thing and it's going to work. And, you know, you can demonstrate to the finance director that, that you know, the values are important or your brand is important and longer term uh, brand building is key. Then, you, you know, you've won. So that is something. So keep your finance mm. director very close is, is something that nobody else had ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really I don't think really, anybody's really ever shared that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is the whole idea of a sort of, you know, it's almost like a Boy Scout, Girl Scout, hopefully, uh, you know, the be prepared thing. Uh, and. I mean that not just in the sense of, you know, doing your reading and doing your homework and making sure you know what's, you know, what's going on, but also thinking, being prepared to speak up and being prepared to have an opinion. Um, because if you're in the room, if you're at a meeting, you're there for a reason. And you have to know in your head what that reason is before you go in the room. And you have to also know what you think about what's going on. And what really bugs me, so much is people who you know spend their lives shuffling pieces of paper from one side of the desk to another and who have no view on anything and as far as I'm concerned if you don't have an opinion you're in the wrong you're in the wrong business so um so it's a kind of be prepared but be prepared to to speak up and give an opinion I think that's super super important um so those are the kind of good advice things um and I was trying to think of some bad advice and uh, do you know what it's like all a smudge. There is so much bad advice. It's ridiculous. I mean, I just don't even want to go there. So I was actually thinking probably the worst advice I've ever been given is to have another espresso martini. Uh, no, 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 no. This isn't my fault, is it? It <laughs> uh, sounds like something that would have come out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, come yeah, on, Lucy. It's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> this one more. Oh, well, this is this has been really fun. So let's end with a quick rapid fire. First of all, are you a big podcast listener? I'll tell you what, I'm a big podcast listener, but I listen to it's a, it's a, the best one, which you should you'd love. It's absolutely brilliant. It's called Fortunately. It's two middle aged women having a hilarious conversation. I mean, honestly, the amount I laugh, it's it's just fabulous uh, about their lives and their challenges. And they're both broadcasters so they spend a lot of time interviewing people in media and uh and on the radio and people who do podcasts actually they interviewed a lot of podcasters um so that's something I listen to all the time there's a bunch of other things I mean I do I am a a great podcast addict so I do Mm -hmm. listen to a lot of the last one I listened to which was absolutely brilliant was called the missing crypto queen absolutely stunning piece of investigative journalism about this woman who set up a basically a pyramid sales scheme absolutely fascinating i highly recommend you go and listen to that it's just superb i think it should be available i love it this is totally different oh by the way i find business books 
utterly boring. I almost <laughs> never read any of them. I totally agree. Um, oh my gosh, they're Jesus. horrible. I mean, I honestly think people, if, if I meet with someone and they go, oh, I, you know, I base my life on, you know, how to make friends and influence people. I'm like, nah, I'm, I don't like you. <laughs> so, well, um, here's my thing with business books. It's that it's not that I think necessarily there's not value there. It's that I think 99% of business books could have been written in an eight page pamphlet. Oh yeah. You just need to read the first chapter. That's it. And that's and, it. And yeah. yeah. You know, this is what's interesting is that just because we're in marketing, just because we're in business, it does not, you know, mean that that's the thing that we're always trying to shouldn't hone be. in on. You actively shouldn't be. Because... should not be. You should be being as reading as widely as possible and, oh, you know, totally looking at culture agree. as widely as possible. Otherwise, you're just stuck in your little rut. I mean, I don't read. I mean, I have tried to read business books in the past. As you say, I read the first chapter. It's so boring. I think, OK, I've got it now. And mostly I have. So that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, I do read a lot but I read novels and you know I think you can learn a lot more from Victorian novelists than pretty much anything else so (laughs) you can learn definitely better messaging (laughs) oh god yeah and never mind they're so good at crafting a sentence beautiful beautiful, you know so I read a lot of Dickens I read a lot of George Mm. Eliot I reread Jane Austen about every three years all of them I also read quite a lot of poetry I'm very into literature and um I'm not very into businessy type stuff so, yeah. <laughs> good so then we should have that other espresso martini together no way no way you heard it here from the <laughs> colonel mustard herself lucy davidson this has been really fun but more than anything we hope that you'll join us at insights marketing day in london on january 30th and then we'll have it upcoming um next october it'll be in chicago and so we'll have someone from the keenest mustard team out with us over here stateside i think but, it'll be uh, me <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Okay, we get you. I, I already have a couple of restaurants in mind, Lucy. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on here, Lucy. And we're looking forward to a really great year. Great. Same to you. Take care. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.